to show up and watch this here live stream. It's you. What's up to our sidekicks and hedge folk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, aka spoiler alert. This is episode 783, wherein we will review some of this past week's comics as well as talk about some other stuff. Pop culture stuff. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA. It's a comic book store. Come and see me. Hmm. Joining me tonight are <clears throat> Noel Bartocci and Brian Lieb. Hi. Me, me, me. You know, Kevin asked, are they the cult poppers? Are we the cult poppers? Or is everybody the cult poppers? I thought we were the cult papastrano. That was my understanding. <laughs> Uh, I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna butcher the word orchestra or like uh, uh, orchestra, like the cult pop orchestra, pop orchestra, orchestra. My my simple answer was like, <laughs> we are cult pop, you are cult poppers. But then it just came down to I thought we were hench folk. But I think, and this was my response to it at the end of the day. Yeah. However, you decide to identify yourself or respect that. That's true. So yeah, whatever you want to be, no man yeah. or woman. There's people on this show. They. Ah, uh, whatever. When people write into the show, they say, what's up, Colts Poppers? Um, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe it's not just addressing us on the show. Maybe it's addressing the Colt Pop Nation. Now, I actually, like, hey, people. that's what I always thought. Yeah. Legitimately thought that they were saying, what's up, what's up, Colt Poppers? Like, they are speaking to the audience. That yeah, it's like, a, it's, a, yeah. Uh, it's like saying fam. Like, what's up, fam? It's either what you up, fam? or everyone with an earshot. What's up, fam? But Dan H does have a solid point. You know, you do say it at the top of every show. What's up yep. to all our sidekicks? All right, you know what? Joke. I will. But that doesn't mean that they're the only one. I'm going to literally amend the script for next week to include oh, uh, other moder- cool. uh, descriptors. How's that? Cool. Okay. <laughs> and, and just ignore it. Um, it could be more than do one what thing. You practice for the last 10 years. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> hi, hi, everyone. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you down below, he's talking about. Dan H uh, and Kevin are down in the comments typing away. So get down there, type, type some stuff and we'll, we'll, we'll be part of the conversation. Um, I should probably go back to my notes. Sure. Oh, discussion topic. No. Yeah. You had a discussion topic. Oh, I literally wrote it out there for you, but sure. Let's let's let me just wing yeah, it. Yeah, I was throwing it to you uh, so I, that you could wing it. I don't have the script in front of me. So like this is. Oh, I thought you had this script. No. Okay, discussion topic. Yeah, the state of script in front of you. <laughs> I know. No, you know, no. Um, um, first of all, I'm gonna. I mean, to be fair, Brian. Yeah. I constantly wing it while having the script in yeah, front of me. Yeah, it's if anything, you get around that, you sidestep that it's by not ad- looking at yeah. the script or reading it. Yes, <laughs> it's a real flexible outline. <laughs> yeah, That's the I, I avoid all of Noel's hard work on the notes <laughs> by ignoring it. Good. What? On a scale of one to ten, asks Noel. 
How much does Conan leaving Marvel Comics at the end of this year affect you? All right, so that's question number one. We'll do that right. We'll do that first. Uh, not at all. For JD, not even a little bit. Okay. Except for uh, as a reader, not even a little bit. As a retailer, I'm going to lose some subscribers. Some subscribers to Conan, probably. Uh, yeah, the 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 long and short of it too, though, is like I guess Conan comics aren't disappearing, just how it is now. Like um, Brian, you might find this interesting. Have you read any of the articles about this? Yeah. Um, so uh, the rights in other countries, rights rules in other countries are different than rights rules here. Uh, Robert E. Howard has been dead for over ninety years. Um, but in the UK, it's over 70 years before it becomes public domain. So Conan has been in public domain in the UK for a while now. And people, and I think Blaze Comics or some bullshit is actually publishing Conan comics in the UK. And they're reprinting them here as the Sumerian, 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 those are Conan comics in the UK. They're just retitled here because they've been doing it for a while. Uh, huh. And Marvel has the rights for to use the character here, right? Um, that company has decided, like, we want to do our own new uh, Conan comics, so we're just going to take it back. And Marvel doesn't have it anymore. Uh, but there was... I, I guess they're rushing to reprint tons of things and finish tons of things before they lose the, the license. Yeah, so I thought that was mildly interesting. I kind of like Conan. I like Conan in theory more than practice i just haven't read enough everything i've read i thought was really fun but i don't have a shelf of conan um from what i've heard he's, he's never i i've never read conan either uh but from what i've heard the character in the original stories is quite different from the more typical barbarian conan conan not conan uh that is, uh, he's redhead, has a pompadour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very funny, very funny. These. Oh, so Kevin brings up a good point, and I was wondering too. I guess on a scale of one to ten, one being zero, I am a one probably on how much this will affect me too. Um, especially because, as you pointed out, Noel, it's not. It, it's probably just a gap in Conan comics, not yeah. um, not like they're going away. And him being in the Marvel universe, I was never, I was never like so totally fits. I think know? that's the. I think that's the the. That doesn't. Ma- I never read Savage Avengers. We will review the yeah, first issue today, but I've never read the previous. And from what I heard, they're very funny and they're very good. Uh, but I've never read them. Um, the only thing that I am missing out on is, like. Um, Marvel talent or Marvel exclusive writers and artists no longer being able to work on Conan books. I think that's the only now, thing I that wondered really if happens. they would do. Yeah, uh, I wondered if they would do a, a similar thing to the Cimmerian or to like um, with they sort of did with Shang Chi, where you know the Conan will travel through this this portal and something will happen and someone extremely similar will emerge on the other side. Um, Can you get yeah. away with that anymore today? Like, I, th- I you know what? So. I could see them doing something like yeah. that um, 30, 40 years ago, like pre-internet, right? Like, oh, Conan mm. went through but came out cold. 
who's exactly like Conan in almost right. every single way. I think he's part of the dialogue. He's just Conan's in general. Ancestor, yeah, but right. but just in general, like yeah, swapping yeah, yeah. the name, but yeah. keeping pretty much any yeah, character, yeah. right? The Cimmerian. Now. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that. I think that they could probably get away with that in like the Silver Age. But now, when you that, say get I, away with, you mean like in public opinion or legally? Public opinion. Okay. And people like not kind of bulking that like, oh, this is just Dime Store Conan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just because, yeah. Just because I think the community in general is a, a lot more just aware, whereas thirty years ago we were a little less kind of aware of like how the sausage is made and making opinions based on it. Mm. I think expectations are worse than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. G.I. Uh, yeah. Joe and Transformers are about to find new homes. What scenario would get you reading either? Marvel! I love the old G.I. Joe stuff, man. Uh, the real American hero stuff that Larry Hamo started in the 80s. I still have such a soft spot in my heart. I go back and revisit those early Marvel issues, like issues 1 through 120, 120. I'll go back and revisit them uh, just for fun. I'm currently doing it. I just read issue 100 again because it's such a fun issue. Uh, I would love to see G.I. Joe back in Marvel with uh, a good art team. Uh, Larry Hama. Larry Hama can can keep doing it and just give us a, a good art team. Do you think that they would uh, ever yeah. do that? Uh, do you think that Marvel would ever license anything ever again now being owned by Disney? That's a good question. Because I, I, would, I would, whatever they, yeah. yeah, I would go the same thing, but then it's just like, God, do they, like, do the overlords actually want to spend money on licensing when they can't get all the profit themselves? They went through such an ordeal purchasing so many other IP. Right. Yeah. And they canceled Fantastic Four when they didn't own the movie right Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'd like, um, as much as I would dig it, I, and unless, unless tomorrow, Disney buys Hasbro. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah, because there's a whole other movie series and cartoons, and yeah. it's an ad for a cartoon. All owned by all owned by Paramount, right? So it's like not even Disney Paramount. Uh, yeah, Paramount does all the Transformers movies and the GI Joe movies and shit. You know, Marvel or people for Marvel came up with like Optimus Prime, the name Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. and. A lot of the backstory and all of that. So it's an interesting wrinkle to them. Whoever, not doing whoever it. does buy them, though, I do think that they should reprint all of those old original Marvel years. Which are, they they For sure. if they get the rights, they have the rights to reprint. Right? Can you do that? Is that yeah. how it would work? Yeah. Ooh man, nice big just something omnibus. Even if it's like image, maybe those compendiums, like forty issues in a nice saga style compendium or something. Don't give a shit about Transformers, though. As much as I love no. the cartoon and the toys growing up, uh, for for every, for decades I have tried to read the Transformer cartoons or comic books, mm. and I just don't care. I don't know why. Yeah, I kind of feel the same about um, this kind of thing in general. I don't know if I've mentioned mm-hmm. it on the show before, but I tend not to go further down levels of realism, right? Like if it's a comic or a book, or an animated series and they make a live action thing about it, or if it's a comic or a book and they make an animated or a live action thing about it, I'm all about it. But as much as I love, um, no, you had mentioned Star Trek Mm -hmm. for the show, Star Trek comics. Um, I love Star Trek. I have very rarely read any comics and maybe a couple of books over the years 
based on that property. Uh, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem like that thing um, when it goes down one level, you know? I used to be the, um, I used to be the same way, explicitly with Star Wars comics, because I, I never gave a shit about novels and comics and stuff. It was the movies that mattered, maybe the TV show slash cartoons, and then all other ephemera. But I don't know. I just you read. I read the right thing finally, and it just kind of clicked, and now I enjoy them. I just think it's like, uh, yeah. And also, too, no, like if somebody would attack you on. Well, what's the what's like your subjective order of what's primary medium, right? Is it the one it started in, or is it just what you prefer? Uh, yeah, one that it started in. Yeah. I would say. Um, but I guess I could envision a scenario where it's like whatever I first encountered it in, but I don't think so. I think if it's if it started in a comic, even if I first saw it in a movie, I think I would then be like, oh, I would check out that comic. Um, now I have read a few, which is odd, right? It's an interesting thing. Yeah. But, um, I have read a few, like, I remember when the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies came out, they did retellings of episodes of the original series, but with the new, slightly different dynamics of, the cast. they did like the first episode, but things had to be a little bit different, uh, because, you know, things worked out a little differently in that, in that timeline. Uh, that was pretty cool. There was a Star Trek Doctor Who crossover, which uh, had its issues. <laughs> but um, there's a new Doctor Who thing, which I've been meaning to read, but I have You know, Doctor Who's a pretty good example, too, because I've tried, yeah. I constantly try the Doctor Who comics, and I just cannot yeah. care. But I love the show. Have you seen the new? The, yeah, the show's great. I'm really looking forward to the new but, stuff. But, but, have not, yeah. but the comics, no matter what, they throw at it, and... Uh, crossovers and this many doctors and that many doctors. I just, it just mm. does not. Yeah. It's not like the real thing, you know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's I th- personally, I think it's tone. You just can't capture mm, sure, the sure. tone of the very specific kind of tone of doctor who, like yeah. that was an issue which I had changes per episode, doctor who crossover, but the other way, the, whoever wrote it seemed to be a big doctor who fan. And not as much Star Trek. I don't know, but that was... It felt like they really nailed one and, and not so much the other. Um, have you seen the newest Doctor Who comic? That looks interesting. What, um, where it's Rose, like a bad Rose, uh, with the previous and and a later Doctor and the David Tennant Metacrisis Doctor, and that is in it. I was like, all right, that sounds cool. I'll wait to find out if it's any good. Mm. We have a comment. Uh, Anthony D is asking a question. Uh, JD, how can we read those old Larry Hama G.I. Joe stories? Are they available in some format? Well, no. They're all out of print. Oh, except for like maybe three volumes of the trade paperbacks from IDW. (coughs) I mean, I think maybe 14, 15, 14, 15 and 16 are still in print. Uh, The rest of them... You have to track down for an arm and a leg on eBay or maybe luck out at a comic shop or something. Maybe um, digitally. I happen to have. I haven't seen them digitally either. Yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just happen to have a bunch of them from growing up. So, sorry. That's why I really want Marvel to get a hold of it. So I'm, I'm hoping they'll reprint all of their old Marvel stuff. <laughs> 
and just give me a big old omnibus or some epic collections or something because I love them so much. They're what got me reading comic books back in the day. So I, I have such a soft spot. I would rebuy all of them again just to have them again in a new format. Whoever Sorry, takes Anthony. Them, whoever takes them over, it, it would just be box of rocks stupid to not reprint the original Marvel years. Just would not make sense. Like, that's easy income. It's just easy income, especially because they've been out of print for so long. I don't know if they're on Comixology. Maybe somebody could find pieces of them, but, like, the full run? I don't know. Uh, did they do for G.I. Joe what they did for um, Transformers, where they're responsible for a lot of what people know of as G.I. Joe? Yeah, the comics? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was... Um, I do think that the the uh, tail wagged the dog. You know, like they, the the comic did things, and the, the cartoons and the toys kind of followed suit. They went right deeper. On. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, so yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. There was one more. Almost every possible licensed property has a comic published somewhere. What would you like to see hit the stands someday? I don't have. I think we've been asked this one before, and I don't. Any licensed property that anything that's not currently out, or I mean, or 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 if you if you've got an example of something that like they're doing it terribly, I want this person to redo it. Like, Mm. I don't love personally. I don't love the the latest like relaunches of Buffy and stuff. So if those went somewhere else or were relaunched, I'd be fine with it. You know, I'm sure there's a show or two that I uh, wanted to keep going that didn't. That I would like to see. Even a then video again, game. It doesn't feel like, given my earlier answer, you know, it would feel like a little bit yeah. of a, a substitute. Uh, are there any video games that you guys have played that have been like, oh, I would totally live in that world for a while? Oh, there you go. Video games, um, yeah. I, want, I want some Star Wars comics that are post- Rise of Skywalker, or or in between, yes, or in between um, the original and prequel trilogy. Like, I want Leia's training. I want uh, pretty much what. Yeah, I just I, I want the more exciting gaps filled as opposed to between the raindrops. Of the, that one day when you didn't see him. Yeah, as gotta, as much as yeah. as much as those comics are really fun, I'm just like yeah. Yeah, it, the Vader is turning into like the Joker at DC. Like he's in every fucking book. Just let's yeah. let's do other, him and Boba Fett are in every fucking book, and they're good. But like, it's a universe. Uh, let's get yeah. like some Leia comics, some some uh, some Ray Finn and and uh, Poe comics uh, post Skywalker. Like I, I just I want more of that stuff. Yeah. I would love. I would love some. You know what? Quantum Leap would be perfect as an anthology yeah. comic with a different creative yeah. team almost every fucking issue. Ooh, that would be cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's a different I want, adventure a, I want a Quantum Leap, a Quantum Leap Marvel book where he quantum leaps into different Marvel characters. Oh, that'd be cool. And it's just if it's Scott oh, Bakula. And then he's gonna if it, change. If it's Scott Bakula, it's always Uncle Ben. It's a different variation of Uncle Ben throughout the multiverse. <laughs> always. Um Quantum Leap is one of the few like novel thing, you know, not it's not a novelization, but a novel in the universe. 
that I have read of, uh, you know, of some TV show or movie or something. Cool. That was cool. Yeah. That was many years ago. All right. Let's move on to the books. We're going to do it. Books. Here we go. Uh, Savage Avengers number one, Marvel Comics, David Pepose, Pepos, Pepos, and Carlos Magno, an all-new, all-different, all-dangerous team assembles. Since his exile from the Hyborian Age, Conan the Barbarian has conquered the most dangerous foes the modern Marvel Universe has to offer. But what happens when this hard-edged Sumerian finds himself on the run from the cybernetic soldier of the future known as... Deathlock. Outgunned and outmatched, Conan must turn to an unlikely group of loners, berserkers, and killers if he hopes to survive the night. But can these savage Avengers defy Deathlock's murderous manhunt, or will they become the next targets in the crosshairs of tomorrow? I don't know, because I didn't read it. What'd you think, Noel? Uh, this was a comic with a really large cast. It was. Yeah. I was mildly excited for this because I've read some stuff from David Propose before and I liked it. Uh, he did Aftershocks Scout's Honor, which I think we reviewed the first step or the first issue of, and I read a couple more. It was really good. Um, and then some other thing on Kickstarter, I forgot. But either way, it was it was uh, it was like, ooh, a new name who has some other stuff that's kind of cool. Let's see what he does. Um, and this was just like every edgy character in the Marvel universe um, convolutedly being pulled together. <laughs> when I saw the cover, yeah. that's what I thought. I was like, Savagely I don't care pulled about together. this Edge Lord stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, now, I saw the cover and I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a cool group. I'm into that. I love, uh, I love Lenny art too. Uh, just like with when you, with JD, when you see either Olivia Copel's uh, covers and or Jim Chung's covers, mm. and then mm. get into the book and it's like, oh, I feel the same way about Lanil oh. Yu. I'm like, I really love his his covers, and then you get into the book and it's just like, cool. It's not it. I don't know. It's just fine. I, I mean, if you're in the bag for this kind of thing, I, I would give this like a C plus. There's nothing wrong with it. It's well done. But I just I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care too much either. Like I the cover, I was like, oh, it's a cool collection of characters. Not usually put together, but they sort of work. And from the start of the uh, narration, I was like, this is this is this is certainly an attempt at a style of writing that's like I think it's like pulpy. Is what he's going for, uh-huh. and having noticed that, I'm like, okay, Conan is a pulp character, and maybe that's why he's doing this. But I wasn't super into it. You know, I didn't really dig the it, the you know extended metaphor. You know, or the sort of metaphor that or turns of phrase that he is using. It doesn't read like um, narration, though. It reads like like it doesn't read like. Um, tone it reads like yeah. an outline like they just are verbalizing yeah. an outline of where people are standing like it's almost like blocking on the page as opposed to flourish narration it's just yeah like 10 degrees off yeah yeah it wasn't it, yeah it wasn't really my thing either um 
I like the art. I didn't have an issue with the art. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a question. Flash Thompson as anti-venom is hanging upside down doing like a, a spidery yeah. pose. Does he do that normally? I thought he was more... Had those abilities, but didn't do the web sling stuff so much, or like in know. the weird wall crawler, you know. Kind of <laughs> I think spidery thing. I think there's a lot of tools in Flash Thompson's tool belt. Okay, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he has been a big fan of Spider-Man for a really long time. Yeah, and then also so, too, like me do that. So uh, there's two there's two plots happening in this in this comic that they attempt to kind of merge together. It's Conan is being hunted by. Uh, a deathlock in order to erase him from the time stream because him being here is um, is bad. And then other characters, I think it's Anti Venom and um, um, Electro Daredevil investigating a Mad Bomb, old school mm. old school uh, Grunwald Mad Bomb uh, that's going to be you know detonated and everyone's going to go crazy, and it both kind of converge and happen at once. So all of these characters are kind of hit with savageness from the Mad Bomb. So <laughs> that that okay. throws out um, most of Flash's control of the anti-venom right. suit. And, and then they get shot through time. So some of them wake up in like prehistoric times or the Hyborian age, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. So it's, I mean, this is super pulpy and it could like on paper, it kind of sounds kind of dope where it's just like, we're going to throw this at the wall and this at the wall and look at this. But I don't know. It just doesn't really come together for me. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, like I didn't dislike it. I, I probably, I don't know. Would I, would I continue reading it even in like the time when I was getting the most comics a month that I've ever gotten. I don't know. Maybe at that time I would, <clears throat> I would carry forward. But the thing with Deathlock that I, I guess there's more than one Deathlock and they don't, we know Deathlock, but they don't necessarily know him. And he's from the future, I guess. And uh, so I, I, that threw me for a minute, but that was all right. Um, <laughs> when he's going after Conan, He's like, you're an operation of the time stream. You, you know, you gotta, you gotta get out of here. <clears throat> Luis has eliminated. I'm thinking Conan is like, the whole time he's like, yo man, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I'm looking for. This whole time I've been trying to get back home. Uh, well, you know? Conan's not really a conversationalist. No, uh, he's not forthright. Uh, he's, he's not like, hey, can we, can we stop fighting yeah. for one second? Yeah. Let's talk about both of our needs <laughs> and how to passively rectify them. Like, right. it's not, we, it's not really we're the same thing. goals. Yeah. The yeah. Goals hey, look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Uh, my name is Conan, but that doesn't make me a barbarian. Yeah. How can exactly. we fix this? Yeah. <laughs> you have a way to travel through time. <laughs> I, I, you know what? If I find out three or four months from now that like, oh shit, this book is, is crazy and you should try it, I'll go back. Because like you said, there's nothing bad here. It's just, yeah. it's like missing something or it's just not really hidden. So if I find out later, I find the artwork to be a little distracting. It's like oh, really? very, very busy. There's like so much happening in each panel. Yes, there's a lot. It's savage. It's really sa- it's savage. Pretty in my savage. Eyes. Yeah. Uh, also, too, some of it, some of it, like gives me weird Finch vibes and some mm-hmm. Diodato okay. vibes, and I don't, I, I don't like that. Yeah, there's definitely some Diodato vibes in there for sure. So um, no. All right, let's. Hmm? Oh, just apparently what you were saying about how like. Oh, Conan's not really the talking opening up type. 
Evidently, that is more of his character yeah. in the original stuff, and maybe a, a new license of that will cue closer to the uh, to the source material. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a talker. Yeah, he's, he's he fixes things with his feelings, not with his fists. Exactly, he's like a Care Bear. I think the Care Bears were inspired by him. Yeah, but like instead of a stare, uh, an axe. Yeah, my Care Bear axe. Yeah. JD, what's next? Let's talk. It's Bolero number five from Image Comics by Wyatt Kennedy and Luana Vecchio. 20 years later, the fate of destruction is also the joy of rebirth. Beyond jealousy and desire, beyond hate and betrayal. The final choice, the end of the multiverse, the end of Bolero. Will you be okay? End quote. I'll be fine. I don't think this will <laughs> affect that. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I, that, that, you know what? I, that, uh, solicitation almost just like yeah. illustrates my Perfect. problems with this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you and I have the same problems. Uh, why don't you tell the people our problems? Uh, you know, Valero, I the talked, series as a whole. I talked way too long the last time. Why don't you go first? Uh, I really, man, when we first read the first issue of this, I was mm. on board. I thought it was great. And I was really excited to see where it was going. We were at the, I don't know if the beginning of the multiverse, uh, assance that's going on right now, but, um, I didn't expect the end to be what it was. And then she, she goes off into the multiverse and is able to experience other versions of herself and her lives and her romances and relationships and all this other stuff. And I thought, oh, man, so cool, so cool, very excited. And then with each issue, I got more and more confused. And it got to the point where it just felt like it's confusing to be confusing. And if this was told in a more linear fashion, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Another problem that this book has is that Luana Vecchio's artwork, while very very competent, very good. They seem to draw so many people who look exactly alike that I'm not sure who I'm looking at all the time. Mm. Sometimes it looks like the, the same person is in the same panel mm. twice, even though they're not. Um, there's a scene where she's walking down the hallway and I was like, wait, which one of these characters in the hallway is her? Cause there's multiple versions. There's multiple lookalikes. Her style, their style, is very um, uh, confusing at times. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I really wanted to like this. I was really excited about it. And by the end of it, I was just kind of glad it was over and a little sad that it it didn't gel together more for me personally. Yeah. But this is a very personal book from the author. Uh, if you read The Back Matter, very personal. And dealing with depression and et cetera, et cetera. So um, it does feel like somebody working something out for themselves. But I, I just wish it had brought me along for the ride a little bit easier. What did you think, Noel? Yeah, I, I think you hit on a couple of things. And also, too, before I go into my, my mild rant, um, I think the experience of this book and reading this book, it is a net positive. This was a top of the stack read even when I was becoming frustrated with it. 
it is a good book, but I feel around issue three, it started to crawl up its own butt. Um, it started to become, it started to not care about telling the story. Kind of like you mentioned, it almost feels like it's being, someone's working something out. It's like, it's like having a conversation with somebody and their responses are in their head and then they'll just kind of tell you the next piece. There's, there was no, they stopped caring about bringing you along and just started throwing things out like in no particular order. Um, when the book slowed down, so I'm thinking around the first issue is a, like a Brian K Vaughn level masterpiece. You spend 75 to 85% of the time just getting to know these like four main characters. And it's fascinating before anything supernatural even shows up. And then it does. Yeah, you, you don't like, know about that shit. until the, yeah. like the last page. The first right? issue is so strong. It almost makes the next four kind of worth it. Um, and then there are moments when the book slows down and just you stay in one kind of reality with her. Um, when she meets the, the guy, Will, and spends like five years with him, it becomes that book again. And then it abandons that with multiple keys and then a whole issue of um, there are different versions of us that try both of this. And it's not just Devin. It's the other. It's it's I forget her name, her girlfriend's name. Either way, it's it's multiple people doing multiple things and. And the last issue, they reveal that there's a version of them somewhere in the multiverse that figured it out and went traveling together and all these things. And then that's not even touched on and it goes back to a Devon story. It's like there's – it's like this – the authors – I guess the creators are telling a story for themselves and weren't concerned with taking us along for the ride, it feels like, which kind of bums me out. This book bums me out more than it upsets me. I'm just kind of bummed because I was really down for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I uh feel similarly. I it was it, the first 3 issues for me. I was like, this is solid. I'm really into it. But I do remember that issue 1 was awesome and then the end of issue 1 looked like issue 2 was going to start in a particular way and it didn't. It was this like sort of much more far-ranging and doesn't touch on the thing that happened at the end of issue 1 at all. Mm-hmm. Um but when that happened, it was like, oh, that's surprising. And what an interesting choice. Um, even though I kind of wanted to see what happened at the end of issue one, that was all right. And it gets more and more like that. For me, it was issue four. We reviewed it last time. And it was like, I don't know what's happening for a decent amount of this story. I still thought at the end of that that they could that could be like the the crazy interlude you know the jangly kind of end before it all pulls together and was hoping that that issue five would be that um it was not it was the opposite it was uh not so many different things were happening but a few things that don't seem that related to what was happening before um, there's some stuff that's referenced with her family, which is touched on very brief. Well, importantly, but briefly, it's important in Devin's life, but it doesn't seem to be a big part of the actual story. Um, becomes a lot of the story such as it is for this issue. 
and then they go, there's a lot of cosmic stuff that similarly doesn't really resolve anything or give you any idea of what's happening. For some reason, she seems to destroy Capgras in this betrayal. Yeah. But I, then I think he's all right. I would like yeah. to, I would like to talk about that for a second. So yeah. she, at the end of issue four, she throws her key. Like she, mm-hmm. she fucks up royally, sleeps with her other friend, cheats on her, on Will, the relationship, blah, blah, blah. At the end of that issue, Will gets a key and we don't know what he does mm-hmm. with it. And then she throws hers away and decides to, to stay where she is. And I guess just like as a penance. So she stays there for 20 years and that's where this one picks up. After her mother passes, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but after the come to terms with her mother, she goes, I guess, and grabs the key that she was going to give to her friend. But we don't know. We'd like, I didn't know that was still around. Mm. Uh, it's just, she walks through an alley and she's got a fucking key. Um, but that wasn't for her. So it breaks the rules, the rules who, that were mentioned in the first issue, but have never mattered since. Um, yeah. Like she doesn't get to that point or really think about it much we don't and then see this one she does go beyond it but you know what the hell's going on yeah and, and then that turns her in like then she rips out Capgras heart soul becomes yeah. a weird interdimensional demon lady and then goes to talk to a young Devin somewhere in the multiverse to let her know what she learned but not everything and then Capgras comes and forgives her and then says hey to the kid and we're out cool I guess um probably would have felt more cathartic as a reader if I understood what was at stake because nothing was at stake for the character that we followed the whole five issues. She was just forgiven and we're down. When I was reading final crisis, I got the impression the way I described it was like, it just felt like we're changing channels. Grant Morrison is just changing channels and we just, we stay on something for a minute and then we change the channel again and it seems kind of random. He does do that. We don't, there's there's <laughs> giant swaths of information we're not given in that book. This feels the same. This feels like, oh, we're just, we're just uh, changing the channel throughout these different timelines and lives. And I found it very difficult to keep up with what was going on. I think that that's what I was trying to describe in the store yesterday. Like I... I've consumed so much media and then gone through schooling for certain types of media and, and content creation that there are some times when another colleague will make something thinking or trying to be profound, Mm. but all they're doing is being dismissive and or dropping things for mystery. Like it's like, it's like a, uh, oh, can't you tell? Like uh, the the perfect example would be Quentin Tarantino. So Quentin Tarantino, I'm gonna book my movie uh, out of order. Cool, mm. but he had it in order to make sense first. But there were some people that just started writing out of order or creating a story out of order, didn't have it figured out, and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Stop it. So like it's it's kind of like that razor thin edge. Also, too, guys, did you? Go through every page. Did you see the coda at the very end? I did, which was weird, being after several ads for other comics. Uh, and Yeah. Yeah, it was... It, after Back Matter is one thing, but I, 
I don't know why I even kept going. So it's but, yeah, it's technically a happy ending for these for this uh, version of Devin yeah. we saw at the very beginning for twenty years. Keep going! Oh my God! <laughs> fuck you! Right? Get unbelievable! Yeah. You know, Noel, you told me earlier. I did. That there's something afterwards. I didn't realize you meant keep mm-hmm. going like mm-hmm. for so long. Yeah. So you well, tried to warn me, but I I didn't. This is like Jesus. this is like kind of what you were saying just now about doing things just to be doing things that are odd just because it seems like odd or unexpected or difficult. Yeah, is art. Look is how artsy. Look how edgy. We're, I am. we're like, yo, I put it. it after even the ads that aren't part of this book. It just popped up on you. Yeah, this you know that kind of thing. Now, in a print edition, you'd be less likely not uh, to see it, but still, it's that kind of like it's an attempt yep. at depth so, by putting it after those things. To, attempt at something interesting. To be fair, yeah, it's a great ending that should have came earlier. Like we got mm-hmm. resolution with Will. Why? What, wait, what's okay. great about it? So Will, who had a, who was given a key last time after Devin broke his heart, was gonna yeah. go through it and do it. Decided to stay. And she's there asking for forgiveness. So it implies that for the last 20 years in this reality where we had picked up with her, they actually do give it a go in and or make it. Right. Right. So she stays with Will. I'll tell you what, though. I didn't even know at the end of last issue that he had just received a key. I thought it was revealed that he was also a traveler. If, okay. Because there's a lot of. So, with that, that reading, maybe he is yeah. also a traveler. The will that we knew went off somewhere, but whatever will inhabited this body wanted He's Devin to stay with her and sticking around. Yeah. So, sure. it's some sort of happy ending for those two yeah. Yeah, versions yeah. of that person. But you're right. There's also the whole deal with like the. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the child Devin and the cosmic Devin comes to meet her and is imparting some sort of wisdom. But what was that? Like what? You know what I mean? And yeah. they and they show them in a real ocean it, at one time. It had it had I'm no it, yeah. it had no stakes though. That's the whole point. Like she didn't whatever she imparted on her younger self. She first of all she showed up as a fucking weird demigod. Right? Yeah, like where'd that like, come from? Cool, but yeah, um, right. And and twelve year old. Let's. I'm down with it. I guess. Uh, but we don't know what she imparted. Because we mm-hmm. don't, so so that means whatever this character learned over five issues in the journey we went with her, it's not for us to know. But even though we experienced the story, maybe you should let us in on your entire thesis of the book. Um, mm-hmm. And two, she undermines it immediately by saying, "I can't tell you everything, and also don't listen to me if you don't want to." And you're like, "Well, the fuck did you go then?" Like they set up all of these ways for you to poke holes that you're just like, "Come on, man!" Like I. I I'm more, I'm more upset about this because it could have been really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no, you know, I enjoy the character arc of like character attains transcendent understanding. Yeah, and she seems to in this, but that was not led up to, and I'm not sure why. Especially because it seems like part of the point is like you should find a place to just settle down and hang out. And I'm into her attaining this transcendent understanding, but it seems to have happened by attempting to kill 
Capgirl for some reason I, going through the door fifty three times. Maybe the big and, revelation. Maybe the big yeah. revelation that she shares with her younger self is to not seek her mother's approval slash forgiveness because her mother doesn't. Maybe no. But yeah. even though Devin Prime learns that. You, yeah. you can't just assume for me to make that connection when she has a conversation with her younger self. Fucking take my hand and walk with me there because yeah. you have not been forthcoming in the way you've told the story at all. This is your finale. Yeah. Bring it all together. Yeah, like spell it out. I like it when people tell their whole story. I'm kind of not so into the ambiguity anymore. Well, you know, like um, not as interested. Not that it can't be done well. JD, but, Heroes yeah. in Crisis. Which yes. I, I am going to read again. I actually really want to. Um, but for seven issues, we were like, fucking land this plane. Where are you going? You're over here. You're over there. You're over here. You had hope the whole time. Like, guys, we're going to land it in eight and nine. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Never does. And that's how this felt. It's just like, or at least Heroes in Crisis attempted to jam it all in at the end and explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This at is least just like, man. You know, I'm looking at this yep. again and she goes to see her younger self and then it's eight years later and the younger self seems to be in a good situation. And I yeah. think that's intended as this version of Devin didn't screw up her life. Mm-hmm. Yes. But there's not a lot of, there's not even that much Here's and here's how. Like she's just she's in a very similar situation to how the Devin that we knew started, kind of at the point where she took the key. And I am assuming that she's not gonna do that and her life is way better just because that's kind of how a story will play out. But um I don't know. If you get a, a light vibe that everything is okay, but it's certainly not sold. If someone, you know? if so- My review of this book is go see everything, everywhere. Oh, I really want to see that. Yeah. Um, I want, if somebody asked me if they should read this, I will always say yes. And I'd want to talk to them Why? immediately about it. Like yeah. maybe some, also too, the two main characters yeah. in this book, actually all, all four of the main characters in the book, are experiences I've never had. So maybe this makes sense to other people. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. So like, I Clearly would, it does to the author. Yeah. I would. Yeah, that is often the case though. You know? I, well, I mean, <laughs> I hope the author makes perfect sense too. But like, I mean, uh, does this speak more to, to uh, a trans reader? Does this speak more to like just, you know, um, body dysmorphia and or imposter syndrome, does this speak more to others than it would be to me as a reader? And is it just not for me or is it just not done well? So I would totally yeah. want other people to read hey, this. Everybody think- listening on to the uh, podcast or tuning in, email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com. If you've read Bolero yeah. and give us your takes on it. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're all in consensus here. But I would like to hear from other people, just as Noel said. You know what? I will. I will bring up that JD, you had a, a slight issue with the with the faces and you know yeah. telling them apart. And I had a little bit of an issue with that too. But I loved the art throughout this book. I yeah. thought it was. It's phenomenal. a good looking book. It's yeah. just not always effective in the way that it needs to be. We should do yeah, this for book club. But, um, but that is one great thing that I can say about it. Like this, 
this book, the art could tell the story a little bit better. The individual pictures are phenomenal. Like the, yes. you know, like the art style, the um, effects that they choose to use for the more yes. cosmic stuff. And that kind of and that kind of well, stuff is, I, th- is I think great. part of part of the problem with the book just as a whole too is that we're we're tra- we're traversing multiverses, right? So mm-hmm. multiple versions of the same characters and or moving through time and space to another like version of yourself. At no point is does the art ever reflect a change. So there are times when you're yes. reading it that you don't know if she's in a completely new, slightly altered version, mm-hmm. a version, prime version, flashback, not flashback. Like the art does no work towards actually helping decipher the story. It just is telling it in a straightforward fashion. But the story is not straightforward at all. Right. So I've I, got a page up right now. There's um, who, who what's happening on this page? Uh, There's a girl on the left who I thought was our main character. Yeah. And then I see in the background with the with the striped sleeves under a T-shirt. Oh, wait, uh, no, that's our main character. Oh, what? But then I see in the foreground of the next panel, our main character is on a, a, a cell phone texting. But wait, no, the main character is actually back there. And then we see the next panel. I don't know who that is. Is someone on the phone? Oh, wait. The same person who's in the so, foreground of the previous the, one. Who are these people? The, the middle it panel is exactly the same. The middle panel is not our main character. She's in the foreground with her phone. That is yeah. her girlfriend from the beginning that does she does everything wrong with. But in this version of reality, they are not dating or they have not like gotten there yet. She's obsessed right. with this other older guy. So that's to they show look you exactly the same. In this panel they do, but that's to show you like I forget her name. The, the, Amina, I believe. I thought Amina's the friend. See, I, <laughs> I thought oh, I uh, intensely. Oh, Natalie, I you're right. Nat maybe is yeah. I intensely read every the single hands, one of these I fucking issues, her, and I don't remember all the names. <laughs> I think the, yeah. the hands are the cosmic one, like breaking those strings. But that would have been a real cool thing to see up front in the book first. To see, not not in the very beginning, but in the are beginning you, of this issue. Are you are you saying that introducing a visual metaphor at the very end of your story for the first time is not smart? It can be confusing. <laughs> That's my wild opinion. <laughs> I'm so I'm so. so good hey guys, with there's a new like another it. book. <laughs> there's another book out this week. There's another book. It's called Duo Number One. Let's talk about that one. DC Comics, written by Greg Pak, with art by Koi Pham. Nanotech engineers Dr. Kelly Vu and Dr. David Kim are committed to only one thing more than each other, using their regenerative nanobots to save the world. And following a violent attack, those very same nanobots end up saving David and Kelly's lives. Sort of. Their salvation comes with an unexpected consequence. Husband and wife awaken to realize that they now share one super-powered body. So we've seen this before. Firestorm. Doctor um, Occult and his wife. Oh yeah, I don't know yeah. those people. Very obscure. Uh, I don't even think they're always like that, but um, they showed up in like, uh, books of magic, I think. Oh okay. And Rose is his wife, and they they can each come out at a certain time, but they can never be out at the same time. Milestone kind of also zombie with an X. Oh, is that zombies deal? That's what this is. It's a milestone comic. It's a redo of that. Oh, I didn't know. Wait, that. this is zombie. Isn't it? Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I never read Zombie. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Uh, I thought there so was I, a redo of Zombie that we read recently. That was actually. called Zombie. Oh. No, that was um, a gift. This is, yeah, this is Milestone, but it wasn't called Duo before. I think it was called Zombie with an X. I'll look it up. Oh, you guys go I ahead. I didn't realize back. this was a, like a remake. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I like Greg Pak. I like Koi Fem. Uh, this is a good looking book. It's a fun book. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I like the relationship that these two characters have. Yeah, they, in a very short amount of time, I do feel that they actually love each other, um, which is hard to nail down immediately upon meeting characters, you know? So uh, I was impressed by that. And um, everything pretty much happens mostly the way one would expect a superhero duo to have their first issue play out, I think. Um, what, did you, what did you think, Brian? Um, I, uh, th- first of all, this cover is very cool. I like that, that motif where you've got the shadow and negative space and you see an image through it. Um, yes. The very nineties. And it may be, I think that mostly because of what you said, yes, this is how you would expect a superhero origin story to play out. And one, I was reading some of my earliest comics, uh, in the, mid eighties and, and early nineties. And two, there were a lot of new characters that happened at that time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there was a big boom. And so there were a lot of set the scene issue number ones. Um, and milestone is from that time. So it, it all kind of makes sense that it would be that way. I thought, yeah, there wasn't anything crazy that happened in this. Um, they've, uh, you know, they're sharing this body. It sucks they can't touch even on the astral plane or the psychic plane, yeah, wherever they're at. You know, they're on the, they're on the psychic plane. Let them, let them do a little, a little touch them. But yeah, not this time, uh, uh, right? You know what I'm talking about. Sex. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. That Fuck was it. among other I did, things. I did know. That was the big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so I thought that throughout. And you've got the very... Um, You've got the very villainous villain CEO out to yes, out to get yes. him, right? They're like, I'll offer you one billion dollars for it. And then when they say I, no, he burns their house to the ground. Would um you, would you so like, up until the final page. What's that? Please go. Uh, up until the final page, I was like, okay, pretty pretty stock and trade, pretty normal. But I, I thought that thing at the end was pretty cool. Where so these guys, I guess, are now immortal because they'll just heal. And the villainous CEO is part of a group of previously existing, what he considers the real immortals. And you've got a bunch yeah. of people from around history. Um, yeah, man. Science and, versus and magic. That is a cool hook. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting now. Yeah. Uh, um, would you like to hear? So this is a remake or remix of Zombie, the original Milestone yeah. comic, which is oh, okay. decidedly different. So. Okay. Zombie was a Korean-American scientist named David Kim. He developed a nanotechnological virus capable of extensive tissue regeneration. Similar. Before David Kim could test his invention, a villain named Dr. Sugarman broke into his lab and tried to steal the virus. In the fight, Kim was critically injured, and his his assistant, Kelly, injected him with a virus in an attempt to save his life. However, since the nanites used available matter to restore him, Kelly who had laid his body in her lap, was partially devoured by the nanites, becoming zombie, a potentially immortal, technologically enhanced human being. So it's his uh, lab assistant that it happens to. Is she in his, in his head, I wonder? <laughs> I didn't keep reading. 
Yeah. Uh, but I love, uh, I love that change. Uh, I love the fact that we yeah. spent the better half of this book uh, with these, this couple. I like it a lot, actually. I, I love the art too. I honestly, my don't tell Koi fan, but my least favorite part of this book was when he got his suit. Up until then, I was like, this is just such a fun, okay. bright art style. And then it was, and then it kind of became kind of a little glossier and Brandon Peterson ish. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, it's fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, I won't bring it up, but if he asks, yeah, I, might. I mean, if you guys talk to him, <laughs> yeah. But either way, I, yeah. honestly, of all the, we have sampled every milestone book. Every number one, this is the best one for me. You think so? The, of of the relaunch, uh, Icon and Rocket, yeah. I, like was 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 fu- was all right, but it felt like a zero yeah. issue. Like they didn't get anywhere in the story. Hardware was just, I thought oh, man, I thought it was a mess. Um, yeah. Uh, what's one? Was insane. Yeah, Static <laughs> was, was wild. It was just um, yeah. that. Static was so wild yeah. it almost felt like a parody. Um, yeah, there there were some elements of Static, but it was like, what the? That is uh, and I, there's another one I'm forgetting. But we have we tried every first issue, and it just it felt like it was either just a pastiche and didn't have much like meat on the bones, or just was mm. wasn't quite there. But out of all of them, this one felt like a solid as hell first issue. Whether I was familiar with the property or whether I've never heard of it before. I thought this was pretty solid. I liked it a lot. Same. Nice. Um, Thor number 25 from Marvel Comics. Donny Cates, Tom DeFalco, Nadia Shamas with art by Martin Cocolo, Ron Franz, and Simone de Armani, Armini. The 60th anniversary celebration and Thor and El Hulk's epic rivalry continues in the second installment of the crossover between the Hulk and Thor. This was a lot of fun. We didn't talk about issue one of the Banner of War. What did you guys think of that real quick? It was all right. It was cool. Fun to see Odin show up in his gold outfit like like yesteryear. Uh, it, was, it, it was bombastic. Yeah, I was going to say it was brutal and bombastic. They, there literally is a splash page that looks like a, a arcade fighter screen. So, like, that's, yes. that's the tone. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. Like, we're good. I, I enjoyed it. It had a moment that made both of you gasp, and I was taken aback, for sure. Uh, yes. Um, in the past, when a Hulk, any Hulk, has been uh, presented with being or having to uh, lift the hammer, mm. um, they've come up with cheats, or he just hasn't been able to lift it. So, like, I think it was Red Hulk um, fucking... Flew out. Yeah, he, he was like, able to carry it because it. it was in space. So like, right. no lift, whatever, no gravity. Yeah. Um, this time, he can't lift it because it's it's sitting on him. So he stands up through it. He rips a hole in his stomach to yeah. get up around the hammer, and then continues to pummel yeah. Thor. It was brutal. It was hilarious. Um, and I kind of loved it because it's different. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, what about this one? What do this, you think about issue, this issue, um, it says Thor 25, but this was a Hulk issue. 
this was an issue yeah. of the Hulk book. <laughs> yeah, Thor was not in too much of this, actually. So I, yeah. I, maybe it's like a, so it's the same writer and artist that's doing all of the issues for this miniseries that's yes. traveling yeah. across the Thor and the Hulk book. And it's, it's, it's constructed in linear fashion, and maybe it's just scheduling that decides what issue goes next. But Thor is not in yeah. this shit much at all. Odin plays a large role. Uh, yeah, but you're yeah. literally shown important backstory about yeah. Hulk Real and, important. and Banner. <laughs> that's been yeah. a mystery for the six issues before this. Yeah. That have nothing to do with Thor in any way, shape, or form. I did so, not expect to learn that here <laughs> yeah. in Thor, in this story, even. Yeah, you know? somebody, some, some reader that is only pulling Hulk... Has, right. has missed out on some very vital backstory on the one series that yeah. they're reading. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I'm reading both and I thought it was cool. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? What did you think of this issue? Um, I thought it was, um, it was all right. I think I liked it as much as I liked the first one or maybe a little bit more. I thought the interplay between Odin and Banner was better where it's not just immediately like, let's beat the crap out of each other. You know, there was there was some like, Let's get to the bottom of this. Um, I did think Tony Stark in the beginning is like, I know this is happening because there was a sound so loud it carried through space. And I was like, screw you, man. <laughs> you know, that's not what sound is. And then he's like, well, I was just joking. And I was like, all right. But also Reed Richards thought for a second <laughs> that it I, was sound. I, so... I'm I'm a I'm like a Donny Cate simp at this point. Like I will try any yeah. of his books because I just enjoy them. Um, yeah, yeah. I never cared or wanted him to write <laughs> uh, an Iron Man book until reading his Iron Man because <laughs> this guy is weird. His Iron Man is just mm. weird. Um, the fact that he did he kind has, of like, pull a off that joke. The MCU flavor. Maybe, who's Iron but Man, it's, who's like it's, very irreverent. It's more you know? chaotic than that, though. Like, it's it's like yeah. a chaotic good as opposed to just, like, thwippy or quippy. Yeah. Like, yeah. he explains the big arena, and he's just like, I know, right? It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that seemed weird. It was that funny. I thought it was yeah. stupid. Um, and then the, yeah. the, the giant joke about, like, it's such a big hit that it created a sound that even that sound traveled through space. And he's like, what? Right. Really? He's like, no, you idiot. No, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was, it was, it a does fun. seem like an odd Iron Man characterization where, you know, I don't read much Iron Man, but to be like, like that's not really been an element of Iron Man's character before that he's super into fighting. It, I, I could see Thor saying something like that. He's, you know? he's super into ego. He is. So the only he reason, the, like my interpretation of it, is the only reason why he was just like, go fuck yourself, I'm going to fight him, is because mm. his ego was stung hard in the first issue of Hulk. He stole all of his property and smacked him down. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, no, I meant more just being into, like, a battleground hand, you know. Uh, oh, that part. I was, I was going to yeah, say, like, yeah. his motivation, just like, yeah. No, yeah of course yeah. I'm going to go, i punch him. Uh, classic Iron Man move, too, where he's like, I'm not even here. Yeah. I never. This is just yeah. an Iron Man. I don't Man come to these meetings. Yeah. He, yeah. he, yeah. you know, yeah. more so than Downey uh, Iron Man. He reads like Ultimates Iron Man from. I can see that the Miller yeah. Hitch stuff. Yeah, he very much reads like that. Like, yeah, just chaotic good. Like, 
at the end of the day, he's going to do the right thing, but he's going to fuck with you every single chance that he gets. He's yeah. going to poke and prod at you. And I, I kind of, I, it makes me, I, it makes me kind of miss that. When, oh, really? I when never, there were uh, different versions of characters that existed in oh, different yeah. like lines yeah, of books yeah. until they all became the MCU versions. <laughs> like yeah. if I was reading Ultimates, yeah. If I was yeah. reading Ultimates, it was a it was a very militant, very uh, jingoistic yeah. um, Captain America that was uncomfortable. But then over here yes, in the MCU, or in 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 the six one six, it was a more all of us together. Mm kind of cap and i'm like yeah i get i liked having the variety or the the swath of characterization as opposed to they're all gonna look like they have their costume from the movie they all sound like the actors now yeah yeah which is funny because the ultimate universe formed a lot of the mcu in kind of where characters are placed on the board i Mm -hmm. guess more than their person i I think yeah i think logistics wise yeah, uh, yeah. Like, and the fact that they all work for Shield is very few secret identities. Although that was because of Robert Downey Jr.'s ad lib more than more than the uh, Ultimate Universe. I never, I guess, Mark Miller always kind of he's written some things that I've liked, but I never fully committed. He's rough. to his deal. I yeah, it's um, it's always case by case. Superman Red Sun was cool, but yeah, uh, he can be he can be a little rough edge for my for my liking. Um, but of course, but Spider-Man and X-Men Ultimate Universe, I really like, but, um, this one, it, I liked that the reveal is not that Banner had anything to do with El Paso. It's this other personality. Um, you're there. He's treading into the, the Hulk is the antagonist. There's something in him that's bad. Uh, we'll see what happens. They did a kind of a similar thing with Mjolnir and it wasn't Mjolnir. It was something yeah. had infected Mjolnir in, in um, issue, you didn't did you we I know we reviewed issue six of Hulk but you 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 opted not to read it correct like the the big no I read it I read hadn't it? read this down oh, okay. before that yeah 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 it's that it's it's that that's the big bad that's kind of back there but the idea that it originally manifested in kind of a virus style and yeah that's all new ground and that's an interesting no twist. idea what it and also too we're dealing with an unreliable narrator right so yeah he doesn't he only knows what that persona lets him see at times too depending mm. on which version of the Hulk yeah, yeah. is driving so he yeah. knew that he was killing all these people because he even said like I the only thing he allowed me to do is scream Right, so he right. Was and cry. Yeah, he was screaming and crying while he was murdering 17 yeah. people with his bare hands. Yeah. But all of the stuff that predicated it, we don't know if that's It's kind of reliable. weird to see, like, how did that lead to, like, he and the Hulk had reached an accord. How did that lead to him, you know, enchaining the Hulk in the engine room rather than them both? Maybe he thinks the Hulk is responsible no, he seems to be aware that he's not. He kind of, well, I was going to say he kind of says it in this. So he considers Hulk to just be muscle, uh, a fuel right. source, and right. the existence of this new thing, in like it, it inspired slash incited him to get off his ass and just use these as tools. So I think yeah. that's what was creating the kind of like spacesuit system of personalities, mm. and the only one that he can air quotes rely on 
is the original Hulk as a power source. Mm. So it's it's less as I've been reading it, it's less um I mean it's it's not ethical, but it's less no. it's less mustache twirly and more like how do I and more like analytical. I like a scientific mm. analytical I have this tool, how can I use it to its extent here yeah. and here? Yeah. And they definitely have gone to the the story of there is a darker, uh, pure Hulk personality before. Like, Peter David did that. Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder if this is kind of a similar thing. I know Donny Cates has said this is the Hulk's Hulk, you know? Um, but that probably is just another way of saying a very similar thing where there's another personality that's actually bad, not just the Hulk is not bad, you know? No. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, yeah. It was all right. Um, if you haven't got anything more on that story, I did read one of the two backups. Please. Um, which I thought was cool. It, so I didn't read the first one. It's just a reprint of an older story, which... Looks cool. It's a classic hero of Thor, but uh, I was running a little short on time. But then I saw that this was uh, Thor's wedding adapted from a, a Norse myth. I was like, ah, oh, well, I got to check it out. And it's a story that I know, although um, I didn't remember that it. Oh, it's it, it's Thor's wedding because of what happens um, in in the story, not his actual not his actual wedding. Um, and they at one point they have to state that. Mjolnir in Norse mythology does not have an enchantment that only Thor can lift it um, because otherwise the whole story doesn't work. This uh, frost giant has stolen Mjolnir and uh, Loki, I forget if in the original story he was kind of responsible and also gets him them out of the trouble or if he just gets them out of trouble this time, but he convinces Thor that um, it, to dress up as the bride that this frost giant wants in order to like weasel his way in to get Mjolnir back. Um, and, uh, I think in the original story, it's, I don't think it's, it's obviously not Angela like it is here, but I don't think it's anybody. I think it's just a woman that Thor is pretending to be. Um, and I find it really interesting. Thor, um, or Norse mythology in general, the gods are kind of different. They, the frost giants are, um, are equal. They're not frost giants. They're giant. They're young. Yeah. Um, they're, they're maybe more powerful than the Norse gods are. Um, and the Norse gods in general are this less divine sort of than in like Greek mythology or whatever, where they run into, other beings who are capable of thwarting them. Um, they have had a war with another group, the Vanir, and that they've kind of absorbed and it's become one of them. And they, Thor, Mjolnir has a very short handle and is hard for him to lift because of that. So he needs a special belt and gloves to lift it at all. Um, Cause mostly Warhammers, I guess would have a much larger handle. Um, because of something Loki did while it was being made. And uh, he's not the bad guy that he is often portrayed as in comics, but he's, like, mischievous. He's good and bad. Um, So, you know, that in itself is that these gods use these, like, 
tools to enhance their abilities and that they need them in order to use their other tools. It's, um, it's very interesting. There's a lot more to be said about that, but, uh, but not here. Um, but I thought that the way that, uh, that the story played out was a cool adaptation, weaving. You've got the old school Thor costume um, into this ancient story. Um, and it's, I remember that was the first place I read a Matt Fraction Thor was he did a sort of similar thing in a painted style. Uh, and mostly it was like Loki wore green and yellow and Thor wore Thor's colors were the only Marvel homages <laughs> in that. But I loved it. It was just like a cool experiment. Like, why not do that? And uh, and this was this was similar. It was fun. So, yeah, he has to dress up as a bride, which in ancient Norse mythology was shameful. And but he does it anyway, and he gets his hammer back, and uh, he's pissed at Loki because of it. But they go off together in the end. I so did yeah. you? So you liked it? I did like it. I did like it. You know, I should say also, it's shameful, I think, maybe also because he resorted to trickery rather than just fighting his way out. I'm not certain. But, yeah, it was fun. You know, it was a light story. The art was very light. Uh, it was a very cartoony kind of style and feel. And it was only, well, like six pages. It was cool. Yeah, I, um, I, these felt like, uh, I, I didn't finish either of the backups. They felt like, mm -hmm. um, what did, what did Stanley used to call them? Uh, drawer stories like oh yeah 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 they would just be in like the they drawer. wrote them a while ago yeah, and we just we're gonna pop we we're gonna pop them in yeah. uh an annual yeah, somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. I, so like i was just like yeah i'll read these later i have other stuff to read and i never went sure. back um but flipped through them they seemed okay yeah mm. i was gonna do the exact same and that's why i flipped through the first one because i was like well this is a reprint and I have <laughs> like an hour left and I got to read the other books for the show and I'm super tired. And, uh, but then I got to it and I was like, well, I know that story. <laughs> let's, uh, let's sample that. So it, it, it pulled me in in that way. Well, I, uh, before JD comes back or until JD comes back, why don't you mm -hmm. talk about oh, how hey, you can support oh, the show? Speak of the JD. Hey, and here he is. is. Go to freaking patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and help the show out if that's your if that's your thing. If it's not your thing, then don't do it. But if it's your thing, you should do it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, if that's not your thing, then you can just help us out by leaving us a nice review on uh, iTunes. You can comment, subscribe, like this video, you know, do all the normal yeah. what have yous. If um, you could text the link to people that you know, you know, you could do that. We never said that. Is that before. a thing people do? Sure. Well, I mean, you could do um, it. I get YouTube texts, right? Yeah. Why not type it out and send it in a letter like the old days? So many, so many yeah. steps. <laughs> yeah, and have them type it back in with all the W Y K two A two B W O F. You know why not? I hate this place. Number one, oh my. from Image oh. Comics, written by Kyle Starks, with art by Artyom Topilin. After inheriting a farmhouse, Trudy and Gabby are ready to start the next chapter of their lives together. Except it's already home to a mysterious force that's attracted ghosts, aliens, and all kinds of supernatural beings for decades. Now, Gabby and Trudy must play by the house rules, quote, quote unquote, in order to survive living among the most frightening creatures on Earth. Um, this was mostly awesome. This was 90% awesome. I really like this. This is, uh, 
feels like a really good horror movie that I'm really into. Um, the art is a lot of fun. It's just wonky enough that um, it's got some personality to it. It's a little uncomfortable looking, um, but it's uh, also well done. Um, I love everything about this book, except nope. one thing. And it's it's a horror movie thing, so I, I guess it falls in line. But like, all right, so you've got these two women. One of them has inherited this farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a, their girlfriend, her girlfriend, and she's a, she was raised to be a survivalist. Um, and so they, they come to this farmhouse and then throughout different experiences, they discover that, holy shit, there's aliens, there's ghosts, zombies, it's crazy, crazy shit going on. And that they can't leave. They're, they find an old VHS tape that says, sorry, guys, here's what here's what's going on. You're stuck here. You can't leave. Etc. Etc. Here's some rules to follow, um, and hopefully you'll you'll be all right. So the next morning, the one girl is like, "F this! Where I'm packing the car, let's go." The other girl is like, "But wait a minute! No, no, there's no but wait a minute! I don't care, like what, what your motivation is." Mm. She's just like, but wait, hold on. I know there's ghosts and aliens and zombies. Let's let's just chill a minute. No, there's no chilling. Put a pin in that. Just get the get out. So that was the only part that I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't buy that for a second. That was ver- very silly. Um, but of course, there's always something like that in horror movies where they're like, well, what if we just stay the night? Um, and she's like, what if we just stay one year? We'll just be here for a year. It's <laughs> a single year. Yeah, let's see. Here's here's the scene. Let's see. Um, yeah, oh, my aunt and uncle lived here for fifty years. We can do this for one year. One year, and we'll sell the cows and sell the land, and it's all behind us. No. So I imagine, like, if if we had the same, everything was the same, except okay, they actually tried to leave, and they found out mm. the VHS was correct. We couldn't leave. Like, of course, you know, as we're watching, you go, of course, you can't leave. Right, but. As in, if it was just happening in real life, you'd still be like, all right, let's get the F out of here. Let's go. So had they done that and then wound up, you know, the road always leads them back where they came. Maybe mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Then I, w- I would 100% behind this book. It's this one stupid decision where the woman's like, but wait, let's just stay here for a year. I was like, oh, come on. Uh, what did you guys think? No. Um, I agree with you. But that seemed to me, I, that seemed to me read almost like just parody at this point. Uh, cause it's Kyle Starks. Um, and, uh, everything else was just so kind of fun. I was just like, I mean, on one hand, I was just like, thank you for skipping the montage of them trying to escape what they can't. But then on the other hand, it's just like, well, you made mm-hmm. though at least one main character made a stupid decision. So I hope she dies. But other than that, I was like, yeah, that's, that's stupid. This is cool though. I like, um, pieces of this made me uncomfortable in a good way. Like some of the, mm-hmm. uh, grotesquery of it. Cause it's, it's aliens, but not, but also zombies, but not, but maybe ghosts that transport you into other bodies, but not, uh, so it's wild. And then I think more so than that though, I like the, 
the bookending se- the bookended sequences of somewhere on this land they buried loot and you've got this like gangster uh, who wants to try Ooh. and find it. This guy. So I I his name is Itchy. 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 Yeah. I mean, Itchy. I feel like that's so a he's fake name. Himself. I'm just saying. Oh, you don't think that's his his given name? No, I think that that's his um. <laughs> I think that's his undercover name. Uh, Interesting. Other than that one very kind of dumb character choice, you're right. I like this. I like. I liked all the other pieces of it. And issue yeah. two is going to decide whether I forgive it or not. Because it happens uh, so early in the story. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot too. Um, now I forget if I've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, as an interesting insight and a, a bit of advice to all the cult poppers out there. Uh, in this kind of situation, I always found there's in my hometown, there's a rumored witch's grave, right? And if you go out there and you touch it, I guess the witch doesn't want you there. So for whatever reason, it's hot all the time, this witch's grave. My feeling is there's one of two possibilities. You either go out there and you touch it and there is a witch and you are disturbing this witch and it could be problematic for you or the witch or both. So leave it alone. And the other thing is, it's not real. And then there's no reason to go out there. So leave it alone. There's like, there is no good reason to go bothering this witch's grave, whether it's real or not real. So it just reminded me when she's like, I'll just stick her out for like a year, you know. Um, the story itself, JD, I agree with you. The art is, it's like realistic, but a little of a little different. Um, I like the sketchy quality of it, uh, especially in the horror sequences. Uh, like when you see the horned man, I think that that heavy sketch kind of, they're not even lines, just like liney kind of, I mean, they are lines, but, uh, it's, it's gives it a real, um, hmm, heavy, kind of, but loose quality. Uh, and I like the designs on the monsters as well. Well, especially the Horned Man. The other ones are fairly generic. All of the human uh, characters are very decipherable, too. Like, there's no there's no lazy faces or character designs in this book at all. Everyone is very distinct. Not just the monsters, but, like, the characters, which I really appreciated. Hmm. Yeah. So, it's an interesting setup. Uh see where it goes i would be interested in in continuing this is that do you know is this a limited series or um uh, they haven't or? said they, they're calling it an ongoing but honestly that just means like mm. more than six so it yeah. becomes unprofitable yeah <laughs> right. um but <laughs> right. the uh the alt title is fuck this place which yeah, i, I saw was that really i looked cool. it up online to try to get a sense of what it was and i saw that and i was like well it's the exact same cover art and the Written text is, I hate this place, so I guess it's the same book. Yeah. Um, I do like that the survivalist, you know, the other one says, we are into all this stuff, this should be fun. And she's like, no, I don't want those things to happen. Yeah. I want to be prepared for those I, things if they do happen. I did find you know? I did find the scene weird where she's like, where do I put all the guns? <laughs> yeah, yeah and you're a like, lot of them. what? You're like, yeah, yeah. my duffel full of guns. There, uh, that's well, what we I need. think it... <laughs> In some ways, was a uh, big 
relationship illustrator for us about them. That this is who she is and her girlfriend knows her. She's not like that at all, Mm -hmm. but she knows her that well that it's like, oh, yeah, you know, of course you would have them, but put them right over there. Yeah, I dug it. It's good. Strong. It was a lot of fun. I really like this. Um, All right. Are we talking about the last book? Because I didn't read it. We're about to. Kaiju score. Steal from the gods number two. Aftershock Comics, James Patrick and Rem Brew. Stuck between a rock and a hard place, Michelle has taken another monster score. And while it's old hat for her, her new crew has no idea what they're in for. She's vowed to get them out of this mess, whatever it takes and whatever it costs her. A couple of familiar faces also pop in to lend a hand. Michelle is going to need all the help she can get. Uh, I haven't read a single issue of this book ever. And this is the sequel, right? Oh, you didn't Um, read the first one when we read it? Nope. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, like, I imagine you were quite lost. Uh, the first the first miniseries, can I just... Is that... The first issue... You can't even stick the, around and make yeah, a side comment. The first miniseries, uh, <laughs> Kaiju Score, um, I think it... it The first issue or two was very rough, but then by the end of it, it was really, really fun. And the mm-hmm. only connection that this sequel has is the main character, who in the first book is a side character, like a second lead... Mm-hmm. And in this, she is the lead, and it's a separate story. Like learning the trade. Kind of, she likes getting her ears. Did you yeah. read the first one? No, that's not that phrase. Did you I read the one that we did for this? So show. issue one of four. Yeah. Issue one. She yeah. was revealed to, she was the safecracker, but then halfway through, it's revealed that she was so desperate, she actually killed the original yeah. safecracker that was supposed to get the job in order to get the get the gig. It's so she was, she was, um, Pretending to be someone else that the others hadn't met before, just had heard via. Yeah, oh, I see. so she oh, that's was an interesting twist. Yeah, so she was not a very good person, though. No, in the I mean, first one, in the first one, she was um, not a good person and a side hmm. character, and uh, yeah, she was she wasn't the main character at all. Um, hmm. And then that they kind of fast forward a couple years for this one, where she leveraged surviving that experience into having her own team. So you right, kind right. of meet her at a completely different place and a more confident, mm. uh, ballsy and ruthless place, which I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, they, the guy that she goes to that is like on an Island hanging out off the, off the radar. Was he one of the main characters from the first? He one? is the main character of the oh, first one. The main. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. He, his specialty was planning jobs. So it was his idea right. to, uh, pull off this heist. So the way in this in this universe, the way that kaiju's are kind of dealt with is they're like mm. they're like hurricanes. They only strike certain areas of the country. We can track them at certain places, and they know when and where to yeah. evacuate when an oncoming right, kaiju right. Uh, emergence is going to happen. They very rarely fight ever. They just stick to their territories and move around. So the idea was during one of these projected hurricane slash kaiju appearances, they were just going to try and pull off a heist in Southern California or like Miami, California. Uh, And things go bad. It gets all fucked up. And another kaiju shows up surprisingly and they're underneath the battle. So it was like really fun. And this one, they, I guess they have to break into a kaiju 
which yeah, I, I thought was wild. Like a particularly large one, you know, that is like asleep. Yeah, and it has some treasure in it. What I like about this book is the giant monster of it all almost feels inconsequential. And it's more about her crew and allegiances and double crossing. Like it's a it's a legitimate heist movie. It yeah. just happens to be in a world where fucking monsters exist. It's almost like I wonder is there a story out there where there is a very similar thing happening with a, a natural disaster that occurs in our yeah. world? Or did this writer think of that and then thought, ah, you know, it'd be cool as if it would be, but you say that there is. Well, there have been other like movies that. that I know of that actually like heists or bank robberies or intricate flim flams are. Yeah. Use natural disasters to like as they know cover. It's coming yeah, and they're like, when this happens, we go. Yeah, you know, all of them are. Like, all of them, I think, are terrible. Uh, yeah, but it's not a completely unheard of concept. But okay. as far as giant monsters go, that's new. This is new. <laughs> yeah, it's a combo kind of thing. Um, what do you think? It's interesting. You know, it's almost like I don't know if there is a term, but maybe there ought to be something like a MacGuffin, but not something that they're chasing or that moves the plot forward, but something that allows the plot action, but is not itself important to the plot. You know? So far, yeah, it's not It's not very yeah. important to the plot. Like, I, you know what? They are kind of MacGuffins. The, the, uh, the kaiju themselves, even though the characters aren't really going for them, they are the yeah. inconsequential but important pieces of... Right. Without narrative, which it wouldn't right? happen. Yeah. But without it could be anything. Yeah. It could be anything that has this effect. They're not trying yeah. to get a kaiju, but it is very right. important to everything around it. Right? Yeah. So I guess maybe yeah, it yeah. would be a MacGuffin. I d I think it's I think this is big enough for another term. If we you know, if, if there was one. Like in I don't know, something else. Uh, it's some it's, other guffin. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's silly yeah. and it's fun. Uh, did you like um, this issue at all? It was it, so the the heist aspects of it. I was like, okay, you know that's cool. He's, they're doing cool heisty stuff. Um, and the one guy has to go back. I I thought they see they do what seems like a robbery, and for I guess no reason the gun is the scanner for this guy's eye. Um, that was a cool little little twist in the story. And then they drop the gun, and the guy's got to go back and get the eye scanner gun. And so that was cool. Um, it, it, a little bit, I was kind of like, all right, <laughs> I, am, I am reading this comic. It's, they're doing the thing that they're doing. This is not my thing. I, I can dig a good heist movie, but um, I'm not a big kaiju guy, but I'm not against them. Mm -hmm. um, it... But uh, now it may a little bit be hindered by, for some reason, as I mentioned earlier, I was just super tired <laughs> when I got home from work and I'm trying to read all these comics and I'm like sort of almost falling asleep. And uh, so that's not helping anything. And this was the last one that I read. Now, I did think, so I have two, I have two little, little bones to pick with them. I think he's one of the characters, the gardener, I believe, TG, which is a weird... It's weird when you abbreviate an article as part of your nickname. But, you know, that's fine. That's not the bone. 
Um, yeah. But uh, it's like in people that were uh, shipping the Yaz Doctor romance. You know how sometimes they do a portmanteau of the names in, in Doctor Who? They, I believe, called it Faz. And I'm like, his, her name is not The Doctor. Like, it should be the D, the D-O part, you know? So, thought. But it just right. seems odd. <laughs> right. Dacaz, or I don't know, whatever you want. Yachter. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, he says, the, the, the gardener says, he's right. We've done our time in the softball leagues. Now we go varsity. Softball is its own sport that presumably has its own levels, one of which is varsity. It's not like you play softball and then you play varsity baseball or something like that, you know? Um, so I thought that that was a bit of a mixed metaphor. I was going to um, say, the, and also, the character mixed metaphors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe he does. Maybe that's on purpose, you know, and that's a, a character building element. Who knows? You know, it's sometimes... Uh, <laughs> corollary to some things only happen in real life and bad fiction. Like if you intended it, it's good. If not, I don't like it. But um, he also, one of the characters refers to the digestive track rather than the digestive. Oh, track. that was because that guy's an idiot. That's actually, established. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, there we go. Okay. Like, he's a, then it's a character beat that he's doing on purpose. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Um, that yeah. character's stupid. And <laughs> honestly, a okay. lot of that too is they're, they're doing, they're doing a lot of heist tropes. This whole issue, the whole first half of this issue was a little bit of a struggle too, because it was all, it was the, um, explain the heist scene. Yeah. And it was yeah, schematics, yeah. which were very well done. Yeah. Like they were cool. Schematics. Like describing the chain of, of, uh, of events that got them in the situation with a grid with broken lines. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's overly complicated, but I appreciate it. Same with the whole explanation of the plot. It's like, just just go through it, and I'll learn. I'll, I'll learn on the fly. Like yeah. I just tune out. I tune out during those scenes often too. Like you're just setting up. All you're doing is setting up all the things that are going to go wrong in the third act of the movie. So let's just yeah. let's roll through it. It's fine. I breeze through yeah. a few of those box, a few of those word boxes. Yeah. You know? um, but uh, other than that, I like yeah. the second half of this, and I really do think that they're setting up a betrayal. So, like, the all first two issues, she talks about how her crew is so strong, her crew is so strong, but that one guy just keeps fucking up. So, it's like, yeah, he's going to betray yeah. him. It's going to be cool. Oh, you think so? You Absolutely. Think I think he's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. All right. Um, uh, now, Javier, was he in a similar, like, I'll help you out for a price, but is also pulling the strings to screw them over in the first one? No, I you remember something like that. He wasn't. No. He wasn't the one that um, betrayed them. Okay. He, him, and, him, and her. It seems like he's going to here. Him and her were in the shit because someone else betrayed them on their crew. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, but anyway. Um, now the the art also I find is it's of its style and it's not bad, but it's also a little, um, it catches me up a little bit. You know, it holds me up a little bit. Uh, just the, there's an exaggerated nature mm-hmm. to some of it, which in some places I like and other places I'm like. It was, it was a struggle for me in the first series, but I just kind of warmed yeah. to it. Like it's, it's great for mm-hmm. a monster movie, but it's 
not awesome for a heist flick. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on, so like the first half of the book, the first two issues, it was, it just the exaggerated wasn't working, but the second two, the second, the, the third and fourth issue where the heist came into play and you've got monsters and action. I was like, this is really, this mm. is clicking. This is working. I could see this working real well for a, for a monster yeah. rather than a bunch of people in that kind of action. In its, to- um, in its totality, it works, but like, yeah, if you're just dipping in, yeah. it's like, I mean, I don't like, yeah. uh, like angled chins yeah. and long fingers yeah. and crazy hair. Well, it's very much its style, which is is a, a well enough done version of mm-hmm. its of its goal. Um, and some people want to draw in that style, and some people want to look at something in that style. So, you know, it's all good for as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so last, last thought, letter grade, what would you give it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Hmm. it's not that hard and it's also not in stone. You could change your mind. Oh no. It's so it's nothing to do with, um, committing or in stone or anything like that. I just tend to look at things in a less linear way than, than that. And I like that. If someone asked um, you your thoughts summarized yeah. in a very succinct way about this one particular issue that you experienced in a linear fashion, mm-hmm. how would you respond to that question in as quickly and as succinctly a way as possible? It's all right. Would you, what if they said, so should I read it? You like this kind of thing? When they say, what kind of thing are you referring to? Give the, give the, give some context. That's not just our conversation. Uh, you like that, uh, you like heist things? You like kaiju things? You like mishmashes? Mashups? You're insufferable. I'd say read it. And yet you suffer. I do. And I smile <laughs> about it, too. Uh, Janie, come back in. We've we've beaten the dead horse of this book. Yeah. Yay! Did you guys see the She-Hulk trailer since uh, last we spoke? Uh, multiple times. Cool. Cool, cool. Me, too. I'm very uh, excited like for that show. Yeah, me, too. So yeah, it looks uh, it looks awesome. So yeah. apparently the new Thor trailer came out whilst we talked. Yeah, I'll probably check that out when we hang up. Yeah. I am not going to check out the Thor trailer. I'm done watching trailers. No. I already know okay. what I'm gonna. I'm gonna go see it. I don't need to see anymore. Yeah, yeah. Did you see? What do you think of the She-Hulk thing? You watched that, right? Yeah, I think it looks great. The vibe looks awesome, but uh, yeah. the vibe looks awesome, but the um. The CG, I'm sure the CG will be better when it drops, so I'm not worried about it. Hmm. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it looked awesome. I've always loved Hulk and Hulk-related characters. She-Hulk is no exception. Yeah. Uh, being the, the main other one <laughs> that exists at all. Um, and uh, Tatiana Maslany is amazing. She's um, great. Yeah. So I'm sure she'll do a good job. And uh, it looks like it has that sort of fun vibe that uh, She-Hulk perfectly fits into. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes. I luckily don't notice things like CGI. Oh, yeah. You know, it looks like She-Hulk to me. You you mentioned last week uh, when we were talking, or two weeks ago when we were talking about Moon Knight, your your CGI blindness. Yeah, yeah. We'll call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just like, Oh, that's what you're telling me is real? It, 
I'm on board. It, Let's roll. It doesn't bother me Let's as long it. as the only time that CGI ever bothers me is when it's um, not of a piece. So there's been times I've watched mm. movies where the CGI across the board is the same level and it's just kind of the aesthetic you've created. But then there'll be like one wildly great or wildly janky piece of CG. Mm. So like uh, I think the example that comes to mind is in Attack of the Clones. Um, there's like one bit of weird CG. I mean, the whole movie is weird CG, but it all feels like it's of the same part, except during the In the Rain fight with Jango Fett, there's like one bit of CGI stunt person Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it looks so weird and unnatural and awful in the moment. <laughs> that it's like, mm-hmm. that one piece is bad CG. Even if they spent 10 years on that one shot, and it's... Yeah technically better than everything else in the entire movie it didn't fit mm-hmm. in the context of everything you created so that's bad cg does it throw everything off for you or just that just know? the scene like just the scene yeah. it's just like that's rubber cool yeah. yeah yeah see it's funny you should bring up that movie because i was thinking of the prequel trilogy as sometimes old effects will get me you know it's like if it's happening now and this is what we can do then it doesn't register. But if I see something from a while ago and I've seen way better since, then I'm like, Ooh, that looks weird. But that so looks, that means that looks a bit off. Wait. So then all effects will become old effects. So it depends on when you experience it, not whether it's good or bad. I guess there could come a time where effects are good enough. Like computer displays show more colors than you can see kind of thing. There could come a time where effects are good enough that they will never look old. You know, they'll always just look real. I don't know that we're or that they'll, right now. Oh, um, or they'll never look better. It'll always look Yeah, unreal. that could be too. It's always yeah. just as good as it gets. Or there will come a time where everything that you see on the screen is an effect of some kind or another. I mean. In the sense of just you guys, actors can look like whatever they want. At, the I was going to say, like kind of after thing. this conversation, you should look and see or just look up like Spider-Man No Way Home effects featurettes. Yeah. I swear to God, there's nothing real in that entire movie. Like, even when he's just walking yeah, across yeah. the bridge, yeah, yeah. everything yeah. is absolutely fake in every single way. It's just like, I, I yeah. watched an animated movie. Just yeah. a completely animated yeah, which movie. Is, yeah. Which is great. You know, if we can get to the point where they can just make whatever they want and people can be actors even if they're not the hottest people on the planet, then <laughs> that could be awesome. Well, also, like, um, uh, like The Mandalorian. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 98% of that show is in a soundstage, even when they're in the desert. Like, there's absolutely yeah. nothing real. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Um, hmm. Anyway. Well, we'll see what happens. <sighs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out. Um, thank you for joining us. We will see you here next Monday at 9 p.m. to talk about more comics. Uh, let us know if there are things that you want us to review this week. Let us know in advance so that we can read them and then talk about them. Um, just, you know, because it's fun. Uh, we may or may it. not be here next Monday, you guys. Memorial Day. That's an observed oh. holiday around oh, no! here. That's right. Yeah, we won't I won't here. be here. You may or may not be here. I will not. Hey, so, uh, I'll, be, we'll be in the, I'll be in the Poconos. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> How dare you? I was going to see if you wanted yeah. to have a quick Sorry. tap. 
You son of a bitch. Well, well. Noel sounds oh, like you're about to get an invite to JD's yeah. Friday weekend in the Poconos. <laughs> We're going to the Poconos? Okay. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> okay, guys. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. This, 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 yeah. Oh, 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 oh.